You're listening to Filling the Storehouse Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Stuart. And we want to walk with you on the journey to living the abundant life through faith, family, and freedom. Our goal is to refine our why while helping you find yours. Together, achieve our best and highest purpose. In the end, we'll drive each other to intentionally fill our storehouse. Stewie, what up, my man? What's up, friend? How are you? Man, just uh, enjoying this beautiful Colorado morning. Yeah, man. Both here in uh, Colorado, sitting out on your porch and uh, excited about the next challenge we're going to do. We want to talk about it a little bit. Heck yeah. We're going to call this one DAF December. For those of you who are not familiar, a DAF is a... Donor advised fund. <laughs> Donor advised fund. Exactly. Just like I said. Um, hey, so what we want to do this month with uh, Christmas and holidays, we want to focus on giving. And so we came up with a kind of a three-pronged uh, challenge that, that would be a continuation from Brovember. Uh I say it three times. Basically, for those of you who participated with Brovember, we had set up a uh, challenge for nutrition, uh, movement, and mindfulness. And it, pretty challenging if you, you know, if you uh, had, had participated fully and tried to get as, maximize your points. It was a pretty challenging, uh, challenging thing. And, and what we're really focused on this month is taking some of those goals that we set and some of the uh, primary priority focus areas that we want to affect change. Maybe take one of those from each of those areas and uh, focus on that and really try to solidify those as habits this month. So, so you effectively get about 60 days of doing something that uh, is just high priority to you and, and a, a new habit that you want to to uh, take into the new year. So that's part one of it. Yeah. So example, I would pick uh, drinking 100 ounces of water for the nutrition, uh, doing yoga, stretching 30 minutes a day, and um, and then reading the Bible every morning. Those will be my, my three focus points that I want to create new habits for um, and try to focus on those every single day. Yeah. So really, it's just a continuation of November from that perspective, just to, to kind of really solidify some of those priority things that we want to change in our life. And then there's a second part of it, uh, which which I think is pretty exciting. And Stugo, go yeah, ahead. So that's and, uh, the, uh, the, the giving portion of, of uh, we, we created the donor advice fund, the, the storehouse giving fund. And, uh, you know, end of the year, um, you know, it's Christmas season and we really want to focus on on giving more than receiving. So. Uh, we want to set up a challenge to those that are in, um, being a part of this to, uh, hey, let's, let's, let's create uh, some generous giving um, to someone else, uh, to uh, either a, uh, a nonprofit organization that we decide on, um, and uh, let's raise a bunch of money. Um, we have the giving fund set up. It's going to be an immediate tax write-off you know, for those that, uh, that give to it. It's a, it's a nonprofit itself. Um, we'll send a link out to those that are going to join us. And what's that number we said? Ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand. We want to raise ten thousand uh, dollars in December. Um, so let's let's tell people about it and let's uh, let's get our, our generous hats on and let's let's raise some money. Our generous hats. I like it. You like that? I do. Uh, and that'll be copyright copyright in two weeks, and <laughs> you can request to permission to use it. Um, and then uh, there's a third part of it that is uh, there, we've got this cool card thing that Stu's family gave our family that we're going to participate in, which is pretty rad. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. So it's, um, um, it's kindness cards. We actually have a whole deck of cards here. And again, it's kind of getting in that spirit uh, of, of giving and, and being kind. And uh, so uh, every single morning, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, pick a card out, um, a, a kindness card, and we're going to, we're going to send it out to the group. And it's really just kind of one, random act of kindness and, and just kind of getting into that Christmas spirit in the heart of giving and serving. Um, and some are, you know, pretty simple. 
Uh, and then others are, could be a little bit more challenging, but the goal is to like get your family involved and get your kids involved and show your kids and your family um, what being generous and what being um, in the spirit of Christmas is all about. So, you know, example, I just picked one is, you know, if you're at a restaurant, send dessert to another family at a restaurant, like just randomly buy dessert for somebody and send it to them or wake up early and do your siblings chores or take a treat to the fire station or write a thank you note to somebody or say good morning and thank you to public service workers. Just kind of random acts of kindness. We'll post those um, to, to our platforms, our social platforms, to uh, the communication um, device of choice. And, um, and then we'll just uh, see how many uh, random acts of kindness we can do through the month of December. Awesome. Love it. So Daft December, it's a continuation from Brovember, from a workout, nutrition, movement, uh, mindfulness, uh, to extend that challenge, build some, some strong, solid habits. We're going to focus on giving. We're going to hopefully raise 10,000 bucks and hey, let's, uh, let's, let's beat 10,000. That'd be awesome too. And, uh, and then we're going to do some very intentional, random acts of kindness and generosity to, to really uh, solidify the meaning of the season and uh, make December an awesome month for us, our families. And uh, hopefully you'll join us in this challenge. All right. Uh, if you weren't a part of Brovember and you, this sounds fun, sounds interesting. You'd like to be a part of it. Hey, just reach out to us. You know, you can reach us out to reach out to us on all, all the social media channels, email, phone, text, um, you know, however you, you want to get a hold of us, let us know. And then we'll, we'll get you included uh, in, in the group and in the challenge. Good. Great. All right. Go fill your storehouse. Make it a great day, friends. See you. Def. December. Do it. Boom. What up? What is up, Stuart? Johnny? What's going on, fellas? How's it going, man? Pretty good on my end. Pretty good. Normal day, normal work day. You know, the active duty by day and real estate investor by night. Yeah, man. Both, uh, both you and David there on the East Coast, like literally probably both got home, took the uniform off, put a T-shirt on, jumped on the podcast. I love it. That's right, man. Didn't even have time to put pants on. You don't have pants on right now? Or do you still have your military pants on? It's a, it's a Zoom call, dude. Like, who wears pants on Zoom calls? <laughs> I listen, I don't want to go down that road. <laughs> Probably better just to keep trucking. Yeah, we'll cut that part out. We'll keep on. I mean, no, we won't cut that part out. We'll we keep on going anyways. Out. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, this is what? This is uh, something really interesting, Stu. Yeah. I, I don't know why I never noticed this before, but when you put the cursor on one of your faces it forms a hand and i just realized when it, my cursor was on your face yeah like i had this like <laughs> almost just this super strong desire to have my cursor slap you <laughs> i don't know why just like want to slap you right in the mouth <laughs> i'm gonna move my cursor off your face that yeah. won't make sense to anybody who's listening to this uh via audio means but uh yeah all right. Um, I'm well, pretty uh, this sure is... everybody listening to this has been on a Zoom call at, at hey. some point in COVID. I'm, I'm guessing every single person has been on at least one Zoom call. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's probably true. Um, well, Johnny, what's up, man? Um, this is uh, Filming Storehouse podcast, and uh, Dave and I are honored to have you on as our guest today. Um, I've I've spoken to you many times before as a as a fellow war room member, and you've given us some awesome briefs on everything you're doing uh, real estate wise. But uh, we also want to kind of get a little bit more background about who you are and 
where you came from. And um, so if you could just give our audience just a little background about uh, who is this Johnny Lineham guy? Yeah, man. No, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely uh, ecstatic to be here today and be on the be on the podcast and just talking to the audience and everything. So, but yeah, man, who's Johnny Lineham? So born, born, I won't say raised in Detroit, Michigan, lived there for about eight years before we moved to Alabama. And uh, yeah, so just grew up the son of a, a pastor. So I'm a PK preacher's kid. And uh, my dad had his own business. He uh, he had his own television and appliance repair business. And my mom was a phlebotomist. And, you know, just grew up humble beginnings, uh, right off a of dirt road, small town and uh, graduated, went off to the University of Alabama, roll tie and nice. uh, graduated from there. And um and I had a ROTC, Air Force ROTC scholarship. And so I commissioned after graduation there. And uh, yeah, just kind of been going along the journey for the last 16 and a half years with the military. Um, got married along the way to my beautiful wife, Melissa. And we have three beautiful kids now, um, Johnny, Mackenzie, and Jace. And, uh, you know, between between them and the work and everything that, uh, you know, that's where all my time goes, rightfully so. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, just enjoying the journey, the life journey, man. And, you know, more and more now just trying to help other people embrace uh, life and kind of the wealth principles that come with real estate investing and just helping other people kind of become the best CEO of their last name, as I like to say. Nice, man. That's awesome. Now, pardon my ignorance. Would you say your mother did? Yeah, she's a phlebotomist. So she drew blood and oh, okay. worked in the lab. Yeah. Okay. I just, I just, I hadn't heard of a, a phlebotomist. So that's, that's my ignorance. My apologies. Yeah. I'm normally the one that uh, doesn't know those big words, but uh, for today it's on you. <laughs> oh, oh, so you knew what that was. <laughs> yeah, dude. Totally. You're so full of crap, dude. You're such a liar. <laughs> you thought it was somebody that studied, you thought he said a footballist, and you, you thought it was somebody that was like a, a statistician for studying, uh, studying college football. The University yeah, of Alabama. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, um, Johnny, you said you had three kiddos. Yeah, man. Yep. Three kiddos, uh, eight, six, and three. And, okay. uh, you know, takes up a lot of our time. And uh, But it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing um, just having kids and now just giving back and helping raise them and just like, okay, was I, was I this at this level when I was this age and having to deal with all these big headaches that I give my parents, you know, when I was that age, but it's been cool, man. It's a blessing. I can have no complaints at all. I think the answer to that question is yes. Yes. You, yeah. you, you were uh, causing, I know I was, uh, what, so just curious, we do this sometimes put you on the spot. Any recent dad fails? Dad fails. Uh, I'm trying to think that comes to mind. Not really to just stand out for as a dad fails. Besides, uh, my son was kind of, you know, I guess you could say a dad fail or not, but he was kind of perturbed that I didn't actually get better seats when I took him and my dad to see you know, the Lakers play in Detroit a couple weekends ago. He wanted to get better seats. And I'm like, uh, yeah, no, these seats are, are fine <laughs> for today it's first world problems right first world like, problems. yeah exactly he has, he has taste for the finer things yeah it's like yeah i want to get closer to see lebron so i can see lebron's like and you know and meet him i'm like yeah no you're probably not gonna meet lebron <laughs> <laughs> well let me give you a, a fatherly word of advice that uh that's a dad fail that's continuing to uh, haunt me um with your sons don't like fart on them and then think it's like really really funny um, because 
they will like just catch on and continue to just fart on anybody and everybody like all the time. Oh, take it to a whole nother level. Yeah, man. So don't listen to that guy because they were over at our house Saturday. So we were, I just got back from Colorado and mm. you farted on Jake, dude. I'm like, why are you farting on Jake, man? Like you, you're teaching my kids now. So you had a dad failure at my house with my kids. Hey, I, I'm just, I'm just spreading the love, dude. I'm just spreading the love. And like so if, what if, you're spreading, you're spreading pink eye, bro. That's what you're spreading. <laughs> pink eye epidemic. You're spreading it. Oh man. You're off topic now. Yeah. And off topic. Uh, hey, Johnny, tell us about uh, kind of the, uh, the real estate world that, uh, you know, where did that start? And, and I guess why, you know, what, what got you going down that path? No, that's a great question. Um, you know, for me personally, it, it kind of started just with the VA loan. And I, I couldn't say that, you know, it was just my own infinite wisdom. They're like, oh yeah, I'm going out doing real estate, but it really was the um, kind of coming out of college. My credit wasn't the best. I actually had to have a family member that had to sign on my lease for my apartment building. And so that kind of pushed me um, to focus on getting my credit together and everything. And so did those things because I, coming out of college, I didn't really have a strong financial literacy background, you know, had dorked over my credit cards and everything. And, uh, but I had a buddy of mine, it was a Lieutenant friend. And he was like, Hey, he was like, J2. He was like, man, I found this duplex. He's like, I'm gonna buy a side. You need to buy the other side. And we need to do this together. And I was like, okay, cool. It was like, my mortgage would be like 300 over $300 less than what I was paying in my um, my rent each month. And uh, so it was a no brainer. And from that point on, after using my VA loan, I actually got money back at closing. I was hooked on real estate. You know, whether it was going up to Macon, Georgia, you know, listening to William Tingle talking about subject two and just the whole RIA concept and just kind of was just receive mode and bigger pockets and rich dad, poor dad. And it just kind of kept going and, you know, kept buying properties when we, when we uh, PCS and moved and, uh, you know, and eventually just started buying investment properties and creating my own fix and flip business. And so you got, so you got started pretty early on uh, in your military career. Yes. Yep. Within that first year. Dude, that's awesome, man. And this was uh, another, just a colleague of yours that had, had decided to start doing it and kind of showed you the ways. Yep. And, uh, you know, because for me, I had just started had just started my master's and, you know, I was focused on that, focused on my career. So I really wasn't thinking about a house. And then when he kind of showed me that and when I looked at the numbers, I was like, yeah, this is a no brainer. That's awesome. Do you still do business with that guy? Yeah. So not necessarily. So we're still great friends, but uh, he's not necessarily on the real estate investing side or whatever. But, uh, you know, we were just, you know, buying a house to live in and rent out. And we actually we both still own own it till this day. That was my second question. Six. Yeah. So we've had it for a little bit. What, 15 years now. Nice. Now, where, where was that? Where was your first duty station? Warner Robins, Georgia. Is in Georgia. OK. Yep. Okay. That's awesome. So what, what is it? What is your, you mentioned starting a business. What, what is your business entail? Where are you kind of out of, what do you guys do? Yeah. So we buy and renovate, uh, buy and renovate rental properties and uh, fix and flips. I kind of cherry pick the ones that I want to keep in my portfolio. And uh, we sell, sell those that we want to sell. And uh, my strategy is kind of taking those profits and rolling them into multifamily kind of long-term. And so it's kind of a business but yet and seal is kind of a, a vehicle to add rental properties to my portfolio and generate additional income 
to invest in invest in apartments. So, and it's kind of evolved. Initially, it was just hey, you know, doing one flip a year, two flips a year kind of thing, and uh, generating extra income. But now it's kind of uh, we have a strategy in place that kind of feeds into just kind of that long term wealth building. And it, what what uh do you have a specific market? Yep. So right now, Panama City, Florida is our primary market and uh, probably second quarter of uh, 2022, we're going to look at expanding in the uh, the DMV area, uh, just for the Washington, D.C. metro area. It's awesome, man. It's a little bit more expensive up in the D.C. area, huh? Yes, yes. I think I'm going to dabble into more wholesaling, wholesaling at that point um, than just kind of bottoms up renovations like we do in Panama City. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as as a an Air Force 05 with what I'm assuming to be a, a pretty, um, you know, probably in a leadership position of some sort, you know, probably pretty busy on a regular basis uh, being in the military. Uh, how, how do you how do you do all of this real estate investing, you know, on the side? And that's a great question for me. You know, it from day one, I had to put systems in place, you know, just for having a day job and knowing kind of the constraints on my time that just going in, building the team, which I do that with the Air Force. They've, they've taught me leadership and kind of being in those uh, diverse IPTs of integrated product teams, I'm sorry, but being on diver- leading diverse teams, whether it's operational missions or leading complex software development contracts, you know, you got to be able to, to bring the team together. And so with me, I kind of went in with that construct and uh, just kind of hired the right people, you know, for the contractors and got and actually hired people that would be willing to uh, to teach me because I didn't know a lot about the construction phase and how to go back, go about renovating the house. And so just over time, just adding the right people to the team and, you know, eventually being exposed to virtual assistants and uh, being able to integrate other people on the team to kind of help uh, all the back end stuff outside of just the pure construction that goes into renovating the house, but all the back end tasks and everything that that goes into it to kind of help in those areas to kind of free up my time to uh, to work on the business and not in it and spend quality time with the family. That was all that all that went like super smooth, right? Like no issues whatsoever, like no problems with the uh, contractors or people on your team or anything like that all smooth sailing oh of course not of course not no <laughs> it's been a learning process it's definitely been a learning process um we've been blessed where is that we haven't lost any money on any of our deals uh nice. thank the lord yeah, that, that's definitely been a blessing and uh, you know but i always knew going in that from my, my job as an investor the same thing as being a project manager is to manage risk and so for me, I understood up front kind of what, what I was comfortable with from a risk profile and then just kind of going into what type of properties we would buy and what type of properties we wouldn't buy. And just for the risk level is kind of, it's been, I'd say our saving grace, but it's helped us to be able to be crystal clear when we get presented with deals and being able to understand if they're a good fit or not uh, for the company. Wow. You know, first I want to thank you um, because you said, that Stu asked you a great question and he never gets that literally uh, from any of our guests. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He, he's gotten it twice before. Yeah, twice. Um, but I, you know, I am, I am curious. So what's, what's kind of the long term? So you're about three and a half years from retirement. Are you looking to retire at 20 and what are you looking to, you know, when you look at the five, 10 year plan, what, what's, what's, what's that entail? No, no, that's 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 a good question as well, too, because that, that's something that a lot of people don't think about when you retire. 
military, I've heard people that, you know, you start talking about retirement, they get anxiety because they're like, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get out. And for me, I kind of made that decision around that time frame, uh, 2015, 2016, when we started like, hey, this is something we can build up over time slowly and kind of gracefully walk into. And uh, for me, it's, you know, that's always been the back of my mind, where is that, okay, this real estate investing business, um, you know, for us the coaching and helping people, teaching people, I've always been passionate about giving back. And because just so many people poured into me to get to make me successful where I'm at, just in that in my my normal job with the military and with real estate investing. And, uh, you know, so for me, it's like, OK, how do I transition gracefully at 20 years? And so for me, it was just, you know, real estate was just naturally there. So that kind of drives the decision process and what we do with kind of focusing on building the passive income, where is that, you know, we can step away when, once that day comes with the retirement and uh, and not have to go continue, go and look for another job and, and continue to kind of have to trade that time for money. Yeah. And I, and I love that because you, you effectively established, it, it takes that pressure off for one. I mean, there's obviously pressure. You want, you got to succeed. You got to build a business. You got to do whatever you got to do with the long-term why and, and what you want to achieve. But, but it does, it really helps that transition. And, and I think that's one thing that, that I look around and it kind of, it makes me sad when, when folks are really struggling with their identity, it's not just what am I going to do when I get out? Cause you know, I, I need a job like that. That's natural. That's going to be um, most people, or, or even if you have a job figured out, you know, can I scale it? What is it going to be? What's going to entail? But I think the identity piece of it is what really makes me uh, uh, it, it's, it's something that I feel for folks because it's, it's such a big part of, you know, I, don't, I think if you don't have that vision for the future, it's, it's, it, it, you, you sometimes lose, you know, who you are and your identity. And it's, it's hard to really be your best and your highest and, and figure out what your purpose is. And I think that's awesome that you, and then the fact that you pour into people is, is amazing. I mean, I, I love that, that, that whole, but you're able to do that because you, you, you know who you are, you have the vision for what you want to do. You have this thing you're going to step into and, and I think that that just empowers everything that you're doing right now, which is, which is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, man. No, so, that, uh, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, you know, it, it definitely kind of helps you put things in perspective. I'll say even just with like changing certain jobs in the military that I've seen, you know, just from, you know, going from being in a, a leadership position to a non-leadership position. And kind of taking a, a step back or leading a large program to just being, you know, on the staff and just one of the guys. And so you go from leading 100 people to just leading yourself. And, uh, you know, isn't it, it's a change in importance and change a level of responsibility. And, uh, you know, for me, that's something that I kind of as an O3 kind of was like, OK, you're going in and out of jobs that you got to be who you are, you know, regardless of what the title is in front of your name or behind your name and be able to to navigate and and be in a good place. So one of the things that, uh, that I've noticed, um, a lot as a part of the war room mastermind specifically is that, uh, you know, the, the military and veteran community, I think, I think we're all very, very passionate about, um, helping others, you know, like in service, right. Serving others. And, and once we've kind of found success, we help others, you know, get to that same place. And, um, and so one of the things that, uh, that you just did, um, is, is also kind of a piece of service and helping others is, is you wrote a book and, um, you wrote a book to kind of explain your path and your way and, 
help uh, to guide others uh, on that same journey that you've been on. Um, so, you know, I'd, I'd love to kind of have you talk about that, uh, about the idea of the book and then um, what it's about and then in the process of, of kind of going through that. No, most definitely. And, uh, you know, in the book, it, I can't say that I set out like, oh, I'm going to write a book and, you know, we're going to do that this year. And but the opportunity, um, it presented itself and, you know, just so happened that I couldn't say no between the professor and my wife. They wouldn't let me say no. And, uh, you know, and I had a, a, a former colleague that had worked with me and uh, she's an Air Force 06 and she had she had wrote a book about just juggling her life with being a mom, being a full time, you know, active duty military all at the same time and, you know, um, mother and wife. And, you know, and so on LinkedIn, I was congratulating her on her book release and just so happened. I made the comments like, yeah, I need to look into writing a book. That would be cool. And the professor came underneath and was like, hey, we just launched the, the winter cohort and we still got space and you can jump in. And uh, he was like, yeah, get on my calendar Friday. And so I did that. I gave him every objection. I'm like, we just moved back to the D.C. area. I'm trying to lead my business virtually and transition. And the kids just starting to go to school. We're in the middle of a pandemic still. He's like, no, it's like you can do it. It's an hour a week. I'm going to teach you how to write. I don't care if you're an engineer. And uh, my wife kind of echoed the same. She's like, I'll help whatever you, you need to help. We'll do it. It'll be a sacrifice. And, uh, you know, looking back, you know, that was in February of this year, 2021. And uh, it's been a phenomenal journey. I definitely uh, over delivered compared to what I thought of myself for is being able to just put the writing to go through the process. But I'll say that actually the Creative Institute at Georgetown, they have a phenomenal program um, with how they go through and teach the professor, uh, Professor Kostner, how he teaches the uh, curriculum and go through and how they align, align you with the, um, the right editor to go through and then, you know, hand you off to a publishing editor and a publishing team and just the whole gauntlet that goes behind a book that you would never even really think about in order to make sure that you're successful. So it's been pretty cool. But for me, so my topic was, of course, real estate, um, millionaire real estate success strategies, what they forgot to teach you in school. And it, it kind of went through um, just the, I start with just going through the American dream and just identify, you know, the, the cliche of, hey, you know, work, you know, retire in your mid-60s and, you know, go and live and then start living. Start living your life at that point, vacations and doing all that and experience in the world. And just kind of flipping it on its head and just looking at the data that most people, over 50 percent of Americans don't have enough money. They don't they don't have a savings account, more or less have any savings going toward retirement when they're looking to retire. And so it's just that looking at that disturbing trend and just the uh, the lack of wealth building and financial literacy that's taught in schools. And uh, but on the flip side, you know, more so focusing on the solution and not the problem on looking at what do the successful people do and start looking, kind of peeling back down, you know, what, um, what, what millionaires invest in and what I've seen from my experience with real estate. And then just kind of sprinkled in some of those habits and traits, whether it's, you know, having grit, you know, being able to leverage masterminds, networking, um, goal setting, kind of some of those intangibles that you need to be successful, whatever it is that you do, um, not even, not just real estate, but then kind of getting into some of the specifics of, uh, you know, fixing and flipping, wholesaling, apartment investing, how to finance deals, and just sharing stories for myself, my experience, and then other successful investors and their story, just to show people that, you know, this, this real estate investing thing, that these are just normal, everyday people. I'm no different than anybody else. It's just 
I just set goals and I come laser focused on what I want to do and I, I make it happen and I align with the right people um, that are already successful and that's trying to be successful to kind of see it through. Yeah, it's uh, when so two questions here. When is the release? Yep. So the Kindle version comes out mid December 21 and then the paperback version will be out mid to late January. That's great. Uh, you know, we we were uh, blessed enough to get a, an advanced copy that working through. So appreciate the the wisdom, the wisdom drop that you that you uh, put into and the effort that you put into that. And, and that's kind of my second question. So what what was the was it already a course like a program that you had already uh, were enrolled in? And then when your professors kind of said, hey, get over here and do this thing or. Was this something like an independent thing that you did through Georgetown just for that period? Like what, what are the specifics of the course? Yeah. So, so looking at it is, it's a standalone course. Um, you have a full gauntlet from, uh, you know, college kids, high school kids. There was a couple of high school kids that were going through the cohort with me as well. People that's international. Um, there was one um, former, former Navy um, enlisted. She was in Japan. Her husband was still serving. She was in Japan and she was writing her book. And so you have the full gauntlet and uh, it's not, you don't, you don't have to really apply through the university that the program is kind of standalone and it's primarily funded through donors who donate to the university and to that program. And uh, you, so then you go through and it's a 10 month program. It kicks with, and I think they do two, maybe depending on the level of funding, they may do three in one year, if I remember right, with him just kind of talking through the process. But it's like essentially 10 months. We started in February and uh, you have a published book by the end of the year. So kind of February to uh, December is my cycle. And they give you every individual piece of support that you need as an author to go through is constant, you know, they're teaching you, you have guest speakers, famous authors that come through and give you feedback, recommendations, and just kind of, just kind of shoot the breeze with you and just sharing their journey and some of the hacks and things they do when they write books and things like that, and just publishing and, you know, speaking opportunities and things like that, that they go all the way through from marketing to writing it and to actually helping you, having designers help you pick your cover to design your cover for the book. That's awesome, man. Like, so one of my concerns with writing a book is what, and I heard you say it, you know, you're an engineer and uh, taking an engineer mind and going writing a book. And uh, I, I fear that I have, I'm going to have that same issue because I'm, you know, I'm I'm the engineer background pilot and uh, I'm more like just X's and O's checklist style. And, and uh, David has to like basically wordsmith every, every email that uh, that we send out into the masses, (laughs) And, uh, you know, he, he changes all the, you know, the happies to glads and my spelling and everything else in between. So it's, uh, it's, it's good to hear that, uh, there's a program like that. Um, what, um, what kind of made you decide on, on the, the specific topic? I mean, obviously you're a real estate investor, but you know, there's so, there's such a large array of topics that you could kind of focus in on, on being a real estate investor. Like how did you kind of pick the, the subject to write on? Yeah, so it, it, it kind of dovetailed into real estate. It was a kind of a mix between leadership and real estate. And uh, the more and more as I started interviewing people, it kind of ended up more, more uh, in line with the real estate piece of it, but more so from the standpoint of kind of teaching and just understanding like, okay, who's my audience? Who, who am I writing this book for? And I really want to hand this to somebody that's, you know, graduating from high school, that's kind of 
going into their their career or going into college and kind of giving them the right mindset to kind of get started something i wish i had because i didn't i kind of, I kind of alluded to that you know just for the financial literacy piece that um they don't really give it to you in school if you and if you're not getting it at home then you got to pick it up you know having stands and i think now is just the proliferation of information is no excuse you know that you know we're not preparing young people to be more successful and to be more responsible with their money and uh and just kind of thinking down the road and just making wise decisions and so from that perspective i was like hey uh, real estate's been it for me it, it was able to change my um my family tree and how i approach my life and wealth and so it's like okay i you know i can share my stories and kind of couple that with other successful people and just kind of bring it bring it to the masses or whoever reads it and kind of share that with them to kind of encourage them to kind of think to think about real estate but more so think through you know whatever limiting beliefs that you have that you can overcome and be great at whatever it is that you kind of identify hey this is what i'm on god's green earth this is what i'm here for this is my gift my passion and you know and, and just go get it and make it happen yeah and i think you hit a some some really good points there I think there's, you know, not only do I think we don't learn uh, financial literacy, uh, mm -hmm. but, but I think the methods through which we learn finances are actually counterproductive to being literate financially. And I think the, you know, the society that we live in, the, the immediate gratification, which directly ties to credit. Uh, and the, if we are learning from home, a lot of times, our parents or the folks that are influencing us learned a financial method that is, is not really, it's not real. There, there was not a lot of personal initiative to, to further that education, right? Because we, we, we hear these things, well, just invest in a 401k and you'll be good to go for, well, the, and then by the time you realize that your 401k is not going to support your lifestyle, you've been doing it for 40 years. And so I think there's the fact that you took action and did this is, is one, the content is huge, right? The, 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 the intent behind it is significant and, and I love it. But the fact of being an engineer, you know, and some of the, the uh, limiting beliefs that you mentioned that Stu also mentioned about being an engineer and doing it, I think that's significant too, just doing it, right? Just, just doing it. And, and I'm curious, I know you mentioned your your wife and your professor, but what was the catalyst that, was it a bigger why that you just have this strong desire to teach? Was it, you know, your, your childhood and the way you're raised or you're observing your parents or whatever it is, like, what was that, that catalyst that got you, your wife, and your professor can only push you so hard, right? You, you dedicated 10 months to put, to put a book out. There's, there, there's, there's more to it. You know, what, what was that bigger why? I'm curious, like what really drove you to do that? No, that's that's a great question because it, it definitely you hit you hit those lows and those those down moments and you kind of gotta push yourself through. And whereas for me personally, it's okay if I'm starting, I'm not stopping type deal. And uh, once I committed to it, it was like okay, I can I can integrate it in my schedule. I can make it happen. Find the time to write, you know, to, to do the interviews, and uh, it's gonna be good. And I'm gonna get there. And, uh, you know, and it's going to be fine. No adversity. And, you know, of course, there's always going to be adversity. And through the process, my mom actually passed away back in June. And uh, right 
right when I was I was supposed to deliver my first draft manuscript. And that was the toughest part ever. You know, those those two weeks from going through and trying to make arrangements and all this stuff and then trying to mentally be in a right headspace to, to write and everything. And it, it was just a, it was definitely a, a trying and challenging. It still is um, moment, but I look back at the values that she pushed, pushed me to, to be the man that I am now and kind of everything instilled in me. It was like, yeah, I can't quit. I'm like, who I'm, I'm kidding myself that I need to get off the pot and, and go make it happen. And, uh, you know, so for me, it was just really that, that, that mental fortitude myself to just like, Hey, we starting this, we're going to do it come hell or high water and, uh, in terms of trying to make it, but I, I had to get a little nudge out the gate to be like, yeah, you can do this. Stop selling yourself short, get past your limiting beliefs. And I, you know, from always telling people, you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And it's like, you, at some point, you got to start. <laughs> you got to, you got to eat this, uh, this, this message that I've been preaching and pushing out. That it's time for me to live it and, and kind of embody it. So, it, you know, but um, but that kind of was what pushed me through. It was like, okay, you just got to do it. Stop making excuses. Yeah, dude, it's awesome, man. I mean, active duty, Navy 05, uh, running real estate business, flipping houses, running rental properties, and now writing a book all, all at the same time. And I mean, dude, it's, it's a lot, right? But uh, I mean, if anyone's listening to this that like doesn't think that they can do it, I mean, just it's proof in the pudding right here that you can make it happen if, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. And, uh, you know, so one of the, one of the interesting things that, that David actually mentioned and by the way, you, you can stop sucking up to him and keep on saying like he has good good questions. Dude, like I, I just I don't want to interrupt you, but uh-huh. Johnny, at least I know our guests, right? He's not a Navy 05. <laughs> oh you tried say to Navy? Him. Say Navy? My bad. <laughs> you tried to upgrade him, and I appreciate you trying to upgrade him to Navy, <laughs> but it's just not the not the fact. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead with your great question. <laughs> it's not gonna be a great question, it's gonna be a great statement. Uh, the, uh, one of the, one of the interviews that we had was, uh, Prince Dykes and he wrote, uh, some investing books for children. And it was interesting because one of the things that he mentioned was as he's trying to teach these kids about, you know, investing in stocks and bonds and stuff like that, he was also having to teach the, the parents, um, about even how to like buy a stock. And, uh, that's, that's, uh, it's, that's, it's crazy to me. I mean, it's, it's the real world. Like that's, that's real. And, you know, it's interesting to me that we're having, we're trying so hard to educate our kids, but at the same time, the parents are just as uneducated as, as the kids are. And I'm curious, like, how do we, how do we, as, you know, all of us have this, this bigger why of, of helping and serving and, and teaching uh, the younger generations, our children, how do we get past this stage of, of, you know, kids not being taught these things in school. What, I mean, what are you doing as, as a dad of three to, you know, to teach your children how to be financially literate? I think the biggest thing is just um, for, the, for my kids, it's, uh, it's walking the walk. And they're going to, while, while I'm walking the walk, they're going to be walking right beside me. And, uh, and I think that's the biggest part where it's, my five-year-old, she she knows about the contractors, the business. And, you know, when we were actually in Panama City, she they were all walking the houses with me, you know, in the pictures and and kind of understanding, had them licking the envelopes and, you know, and doing all of that piece. So they see the business and I talk to them while we're riding to a house 
or meeting with the homeowner and just kind of sharing the story and the reason why we do what do what we do and how we're helping people. And uh, it clicks to them and it's like, okay, you want to go do this, but you're able to do this because we invest in real estate. We have passive income. We're not working and we're creating jobs for people. So uh, for me, this kind of just ex- by ex- is exposing them to them as much as possible and just sharing and like always be teaching, you know, a teaching moment whenever possible. And uh, but on the flip side, you know, with like external like I, I just recently partnered with uh, an organization that helps with the, the the uh, Department of Education for the United States with uh, that they manage like upward bound and some of the uh, the uh, disenfranchised programs that we have for our youth, whether it's at the high school or undergraduate level with uh, we're just talking about financial literacy. And so I, I'm actually going down to Florida. Um, well, actually, I got, I got to see if they're going to do it virtual, but I'm going to be presenting about how that we can leverage accountability groups to help young people to kind of teach to help help um, with um, undergraduate retention rates and with teaching financial literacy. And so that's something that I think that being able to have an ecosystem, kind of like, you know, with the war room where, where you know, we know iron sharpens iron, but really having an ecosystem around these kids as they're going through and kind of sprinkling in some of this financial literacy as they're going through undergrad, that I think that will kind of give them a leg up when they go out into the real world. And so that's one way that I'm trying to approach it. But I've partnered up with like organizations with like uh, BICOB in Atlanta last year. We, we did a virtual program with them for kind of some of their upward bound um, rising high school kids and just kind of teaching financial literacy and just communication, resume writing, some of all these intangibles that you need, whether you're going to college or not, you need to know some of these basics with just how to give a presentation, how to present yourself and uh, in order to be successful, whatever it is you choose to do. Yeah, it's so powerful. Uh, you know, and I, and I think what, when you look at it holistically like that, when you put your efforts, I mean, the, the more one, it, there's just a great joy in giving, right? Not, not just money, but giving of ourselves, our knowledge, our experience, our time. Uh, and I think that that's blessed. I think those efforts are blessed. Hey, look at that little guy. Um, but, but I also think that as we, you know, as, as you set up those future generations, potentially give them at least a, a vision or a path and some knowledge on how to become financially free. I tell you, it can make such a big difference because now you're freeing them to be the best they can be to potentially contribute to your children or, or whatever that is in the future. You never know what that looks like. But and I'll tell you that the financial literacy aspect is so important and it's lacking, but it's so important because it can, it can literally change a life. And, and we're not talking about well, being wealthy or being rich, right? You don't have to be rich. You just have to be free. Yes. And the, those, those differences, the difference, the nuance to that is so powerful. And, and I think the effort, you know, I would love to talk offline more on some of these things because Stu and I are passionate, especially as we, you know, process, as, as we process out of the Navy, and, and have a little bit more time freedom, but to be able to invest in those future generations of those kids, because ultimately the more healthy they are, the more, the, the better they understand. I mean, it makes the nation better, right? It, it, it makes us a stronger country. It makes us a stronger community. And man, I love that. I love the, uh, you know, just the, the vision there and, and um, you know, the effort that you're putting into to creating that future. That's, that's, that's pretty awesome. No real no. question. 
Yeah, no, no, I definitely appreciate it, man. You know, and it just takes time and just, you know, but it's important. And, you know, just kind of weaving, weaving around and putting it on the schedule um, to, to kind of make the time. But, uh, but you know, and I, and I, I'm a true believer that we, we only can depend on the schools so much. Teachers yeah. are underpaid. And uh, they got this mandated curriculum they got to present. And uh, and like you said, a lot of people, they can't get, they only can get so much at home and parents can only teach them what they know. And so I think that uh, it's going to have to, it's going to have to be some sort of grassroots and there's organizations that have the, the, the charter to do it, but there's still a lot of work to be done. So just out of curiosity, how did you, how did you connect with those organizations? Like what, what was the deliberate actions that, that got you into contact with folks like that? Yeah. So with uh, with like with Bob Cobb last year, I ended up getting a uh, a request from a buddy of mine that went to college with me and uh, he's a teacher in the school district there. And so he volunteered the organization and he he follows what I do on social media. And he was like he reached out to me like, hey, you think you'll be willing to put like a six month course together? We meet, you know, for an hour and a half once a month and um, to do that. And so I volunteered the time and kind of put that together and. We um, yeah, and we kind of tag team that approach and, and executed that. But with well, what's coming up with a trio in Florida, I um, part of a I guess it was like a, a five day challenge. But um, I had linked up with a, a speaker who speaks at a lot of colleges and he kind of he kind of tipped me off on the organization and kind of their charter. And uh, they just so happened to have a professional development um, conference coming up for like all of the trio members nationwide for them to um, kind of come together. And so, and they had workshop slots available for whoever wanted to come and present for speakers. And so I put an abstract together and kind of talked briefly about how I thought accountability groups could kind of help with college retention and then with uh, also with financial literacy. And they, uh, they approved it and, and said, yeah. So that's still growing. So that's just happened here in the last couple of weeks. And so I'm excited about that and, and kind of see, seeing where it goes. That's awesome, man. I love it, dude. Super cool, dude, man. You're, uh, you're a busy man. And um, it's, uh, it's really cool to kind of hear your passions and, and what everything you're doing. And, and like David said, man, like we'd love to, um, you know, help out in any way we can. And we'll, we'll jump offline and, and uh, chat through some stuff and see if there's any, way we can help out yeah most definitely man yeah well cool dude well um what so where where's going to be the best place to uh to get your book you're gonna be selling yeah, it on so, amazon so amazon definitely on on amazon when it comes out the kindle version comes out is in, in december i mentioned and uh the first 30 days it's actually gonna be 99 cent so and then transition um to just the paperback will be available on amazon as well mid to late uh january time frame Okay. Yeah. And we'll put the, uh, we'll put the link uh, to the book in our show notes and uh, how can people just get in touch with you personally if, if they want to reach out? Yeah. So on LinkedIn, Johnny Lynham, um, I'm out there and then uh, Instagram, the military CEO um, is my handle on Instagram. And then um, my website, johnnylynham.com, which just kind of has all the stuff out there for us, like uh, some of the coaching stuff that we're doing, um, private investments for investors looking for like passive investing opportunities um, and some of the deals that we bring together. And then just everything the, that we have kind of under the umbrella, we're just, you know, helping people and just everything that I do. It's just all there. So nice, man. David really likes Facebook and Instagram. So he'll be sure to hit you up on, on those, on those two. My favorite, my favorite activities. 
<laughs> David, do you even it, have an Instagram account? Uh, no. I technically I fall under the uh, the storehouse one. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I I've checked it go. exactly. Well, how long have we had that account? Uh, since we started the business. Oh, so like three plus years. Yes. I think I have gone on it exactly two and a half times. Oh, two. I thought you were going to say zero times. <laughs> no, no. Two and a half times I've gone on there and man, it was, it was awesome. I was like, man, I'm, I'm missing out. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's not a strength of mine. Hey, but Johnny, thank you so much for your time, dude. I think it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's humbling to see, folks like you that are not only, you know, military members that are running businesses on the side, but writing books and giving back and just, man, I'm, I'm, I'm humbled that, uh, you took the time to be on our show, but also just completely challenged by everything you're doing and, and crushing it, man. And, and I think, you know, a lot of times when we hear crushing it, we think dollar signs and, and that's not the way my mind works. Man, when I, when I hear crushing it, like just the just the effort to give back, the effort to to have the the desire and the compassion and love to to try to, you know, better others through your efforts and uh, you're just giving nature, whether it's within the uh, war room mastermind, just kind of, you know sharing your knowledge bombs or or writing books, dude. I think it's I think it's awesome. So thank you. Keep it up. Keep crushing it. Hopefully in the future we can partner up on some of these initiatives and efforts to uh, to spread you know, spread knowledge and, and freedom, dude. Love it. Love it. You're crushing it. No, thanks, bro. I definitely appreciate it, man. And the opportunity to come on the show and just kind of share, you know, and just cause uh, there's a lot of work to be done and there's not a whole lot of people doing it, but there's people out here doing it. And uh, yeah, look forward to the opportunity to kind of see when we can kind of latch arms together and kind of get after some of these, these challenges. Yeah, man. And, you know, we're close, so we should go grab some coffee, kind of work on our uh, best friend relationship. You know, Stu, um, <laughs> I won't I won't subject you to to having to be his friend, but uh, no, it's good, man. It's great. Yeah, I'm at the Ping Stu next time I fly out to uh, the Springs and come through Denver. Yeah, dude, for sure, man. For sure. Well, Johnny, thanks for coming, man. This was this was fun. Um, I knew we were going to have a good conversation. And, uh, you know, ladies and gents, hey, reach out to Johnny. He's obviously a wealth of knowledge. Uh, he's doing tons of great stuff. Hit him up um, on uh, his website or all of his social handles and, and uh, be sure to uh, grab his book uh, when it comes out uh, in the next month or so. Um, it's, it's a good one. I promise we've, we've given it a, a look already. So um, Johnny, thanks, man. It's good to see you, brother. Awesome. Thank you guys. All right, guys and gals, go give us uh, some five-star reviews. Um, share this, you know, give us a screenshot, share it on, on your social handles tag david on instagram oh wait <laughs> never mind you can't do that on instagram hey man tag storehouse tag the storehouse insta, the storehouse instas there you go oh. and uh most important go fill your storehouse yeah friends keep learning lead well see, see you next time see you thanks for listening to filling the storehouse if you enjoyed our show please subscribe and share it with someone you love and if you really felt inspired, leave a five-star review so we could continue to grow and help other Christian entrepreneurs fill their storehouse. If you're interested in creating financial freedom through real estate investing, be sure to check out our website at storehouse310turnkey.com. We'd love to serve you through our platform of building the kingdom. Just click on the contact link and we'll reply to you as soon as we can. Again, thanks so much for listening. Now go for your storehouse and make it a great day.